Hello, this is Angelique, and you're listening to We're Booked Up, a segment of the Gaston Speaks podcast wherein Kendall, Andrew, and I discuss books. This month's book is The Tobacco Wives, a debut novel by Adele Myers. There will, of course, be spoilers for the book. On a side note, since this is going to be posted in February, you may have noticed that we are a little late with this episode. Apologies for that. There were some unforeseen circumstances. It was we me. Might... <laughs> Hi. I'm the problem. problem. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We might have another episode for this one to make up for it, but probably not. Now, what have we been reading or watching, Kendall? Well, I've watched a lot because <laughs> we had the plague. Oh, no. <laughs> you had like we... multiple plagues. Didn't Dude, he? yeah. yeah. No, okay, so I had surgery, yeah. and then my children had two weeks of a stomach bug that oh. would not go away, and then we had COVID, <laughs> and now we're here. So <laughs> we um, made it. That's what's important. You I made know, it to the. Thing. I know, but my kid Levi brought home a cough, and uh, so that's why I'm masked yeah. up gotcha, today. Gotcha. I don't think it's COVID, but I do think it's death. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, what am I? Wa- what have I watched? I've actually watched a lot of stuff. Um, Good stuff. Glass Onion. Oh, good movie. So good. Yep. It sent Marcus on a Janelle Monet deep dive. Mm-hmm. And so he came to me and he goes, Kendall, have you ever heard of the book Kindred? And I was like, why, yes, it's actually what we're <laughs> going to be reading next month. Um, and then, uh, so, and then we watched, oh, I'm going to get wrong, everything, everywhere, everywhere all, all at, at once. once. Fabulous. Yay. Yep. yep. Fabulous. Love that movie. I loved it. It was, so and I, I know it's weird. I know you like because you have kids and you don't have time. But I'm like, it's one of those two. I watched. I've watched it now like three times, and every time it just gets better. Like I find new things because once you get that first time, so zany. Mm-hmm. And then, but then you really you start to dive into it, and it's it's just it's good. It's such a good movie. The intergenerational stuff. Yeah. Chef's get, like, mm-hmm. and uh, you know what I like at the end? Which, well, no, I'm not going to say what I like at the end because we won't do spoiler alerts for that. We'll talk about it off <laughs> afterwards. Yes, yes. All right. I watched something else. Strange World, the Disney movie. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. actually kind of cute. Yeah, it kind of dived down at the box office, which I was shocked, but apparently people liked it. So it, it was good. Yeah. I liked it. I recommend it. Uh, Wyatt watched it and enjoyed it. Oh, good. Well, good. So, so it's yeah. good for kids. That's and good. Um, Jonah Hill, You People. Oh, yeah. Was that good? I liked it, but okay. it's like just like a. It's a cute little love story. Kenya Barris, the guy who did Blackish. Yeah, yeah. And Jonah Hill got together. They wrote. um, Okay, cool, cool. I found it enjoyable, but that's all right. Uh, As far as reading, um, I only read this book all the way through, and I started a bunch. I've started Crying in H Mart. And I don't know. I have to finish it first before I can comment on it. (laughs) And I started Artemis by Andy Weir. The uh, the reason I started and then didn't finish is because there were audiobooks through Overdrive. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So they (laughs) they went away. So they have disappeared, and I'm waiting for them to come back to me. Gotcha. That's me. (laughs) All right, Andrew. Uh, So I am. I've been watching a lot of screeners for the for the Indie Spirits, and I did catch up with that too, Leslie. Remember we talked about in the Oscar podcast, and she mm-hmm. got that surprise nomination. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now they're investigating it because there might have been some like. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, that was such yeah. a good podcast. But episode, it's actually guys. a great movie. Yeah, she really is good in it. I mean, I get why people why there was a lot of support for it. Um, and then I watched uh, what was the one I watched? Oh, I watched this one called After Sun. It's a uh, Paul Mescal. He got nominated for Best Actor. Uh, it's a brand. He he was in a. And I said it the wrong way. I said ordinary people, normal people. He was in that Hulu series, um, <laughs> and uh, so I did. I did watch that again. I, I watched it like I realized I hadn't finished it, and I should have because it was very different than what. Anyway, and so I, I did watch that one again. I'm trying to get through all those different ones, um, and then, of course I watched everything everywhere all at once, like another time because I had to. And then for read, that's basically I was just trying to get through screeners, and some of them are great, and some of them are, um, well. 
indie. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way of putting it. Um, and then I read, uh, for book club, we read The Diamond Eye, which is uh, by Kate Quinn, who we've had here at the library. And I thought I was really going to hate it. Because just, I'm just not a historical fiction person. And it's like, this female sniper in the Soviet Union during World War II, I was like, oh, it's going to be depressing. And it was. <laughs> But then the second half of the book, and this is a true story, she actually, it's so funny because you think about everything going on now. It's like, really? We did this. She actually did come to the United States and like met with Eleanor Roosevelt, stayed at the White House, and they traveled around the country to try to drum up support for that part of the war to help the Soviets defeat Germany. Hmm. Um, and there's this whole like subplot, which is totally fake, and they meant to it, but it's like a thriller, a plot to assassinate the president, da 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 and that part was great. So even though it's like four to fifty pages, it was like the first half. I'm like death, destruction, sadness, sniper bullet, death, destruction. <laughs> like that was basically it. And then the second half, it kind of picked up. So that was good. And then I started um, our book club book for next month, which is The Last to Vanish by Megan Miranda, and mm-hmm. she actually lives, I believe, in Davidson or Huntersville. So she's a North Carolina author. So we're excited to to see how that goes. Maybe we can get her. Ooh, yeah, that would be good. Yep. Um, is it my turn, I guess? Yes. Okay, so I also watched Glass Onion, and I really so liked good. it. I watched it twice, actually. I don't know why. Um, I saw everything everywhere all at once, of course. And then I watched Nope, that um, Jordan Peele movie. Mm-hmm. That one was really good. I like that it's one. It's so good, but scary. I'm not allowed to watch it. It's scary. I mean, yeah. I'm, I am allowed, and I'm encouraged to watch it. <laughs> but also, I, I'm not allowed to watch it right now. It's good. Though. I got to wait like five or ten years. <laughs> okay. You'll enjoy it when you get to it, I hope. Yeah, I'll be dead, but you tell Angelique how it is. Okay, just kidding. Five or ten years. (laughs) Um, um, I also decided to reread most of the Murderbot Diaries. I love you, girl. You have been on that. Like, she has a new book coming out in November. Okay. Oh, so she got a novel. Yeah, yeah, she got. I'll probably read it again before then. Um, all right. I can barely get through the two books I have to read every month. Angelique's like, yeah, I blazed through like 18 books this month. I don't I had more, more power. Well, to I can you. read those fast since I've read that's them. True, like, that's several true. Times She's before. probably just clipping. She probably skipped to the pages she likes. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Pretty much. Mm. Um, all right. So let's get started on the book. We read The Tobacco Wives. And the book is on my lap. I couldn't find it for a second. Um, <laughs> so we'll start. To a good start, y'all. <laughs> we'll start with the synopsis. And then we'll move on to the rating. All right. Maddie Sykes is a promising seamstress who's just arrived in Brightleaf, North Carolina, the tobacco capital of the South, where her aunt has a thriving sewing business. After years of war rations and shortages, Brightleaf is a prosperous wonderland in full technicolor bloom, and Maddie is dazzled by the bustle of the crisply uniformed female factory workers, the palatial homes, and most of all, her aunt's glossiest clientele, the wives of the the powerful tobacco executives. When a series of unexpected events thrust Maddie into the role of lead dressmaker for the town's most influential women, she scrambles to produce their ornate gowns for the biggest party of the season. But soon she learns Brightleaf isn't quite the carefree paradise that it seems. A trail of of misfortune follows many of the women. Although Maddie is quick to believe this is a coincidence, she inadvertently uncovers evidence that suggests otherwise. Maddie wants to report what she knows, but in a town where everyone depends... Where everyone depends on big tobacco to survive, she doesn't know whom to trust, and fears that exposing the truth may destroy the lives of proud, the proud, inspiring women with whom she has forged strong bonds. Shedding light on the hidden history of women's activism during the post-war period, at its heart, The Tobacco Wise is a deeply human, emotionally satisfying, and dramatic novel about the power of female connection and the importance of seeking the truth. So what did we think about that? First of all, it's long. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I, I made a face at one of the parts. I was yeah. like... 
Like, the power of female connection. Yeah. Like, I'm like, no, she forged relationships yeah. or something with them. And then... But it makes it sound like she forged relationships like with the factory workers, which mm, she yeah. did. <laughs> no. And I'll get to that in a minute, that whole plot ploy. Yeah. It was a ploy. They threw them in just to, to have a ploy to distract from. Anyway, yeah. it, they, it wasn't like they built those characters. They had like one meeting that she went to. Yeah. <laughs> like, and she left early. And then she left early. She didn't want to get caught. Like me. Because she didn't want to lose her friends with the rich women. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah, the, the blurb is, is a solid, I mean. Yeah. Sounds like a good book. Yeah. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. This is going to be a fun one. I have a feeling this is going to be a fun one. I don't know. All right, Andrew, what's your rating? Two stars. Okay. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. I feel like... I feel like I'm going to give my... Ra- okay, my, my, my rating is three stars. Okay. Sometimes 3.25. Okay. I have some emotional ties to this book, I think, because of history and my family history, and we'll get into that. But before we really talk about anything in the book, I feel this, uh, I feel compelled to put a trigger warning on this book to mm-hmm. our readers. Mm-hmm. We This book deals a lot with women, femininity, femininity uh, motherhood, and tobacco before it was any kind of regulated. Mm-hmm. And there, I feel like the trigger warning would be uh, infertility, infant loss, mm-hmm. uh, pregnancy loss. It's, it, it, it just, just beware, reader. But yeah, I, I liked it a little more than I think you guys did, but is it my <laughs> most favorite book? No. Can I say I did actually start with a three on Goodreads, and then I kind of thought about it. And I will say the ending, when we get to why we didn't like it, uh-huh. that was why. And and the more I thought about it, I actually knocked it down. So I feel like through a lot of the book, I liked it better. But then the more I actually like sat there and – because I actually finished this one like not last night. <laughs> and so the more I had time to think about it, I had more problems with it. I th- I feel there was like, a lot to like, though. I will say that. I feel like there was a lot for me to relate to as uh, – that it's I wouldn't really say it's the North Carolinian in me because my family is from Virginia, but they're from Danville, Virginia, which is right on the right border. On the border mm-hmm. yep. So um, I think that's why I have a lot more. I think I, I think, like reading this was looking back. It was like peeking back into my grandparents' lives, mm-hmm. and so much of what they did, um, or what I assume they did. I don't really know because. You know, grandparents, silent generation. My yeah. grandparents, these, I'm talking 1923, 1924. Right. You know, when I talked to my grandpa about his experience in World War II, he didn't talk to me. He wouldn't, he just wouldn't, right. like, so it was nice to be able to take a peek. But then it was also on the other end, I got to see what, like, the end of this book looks like. I get to see what this book looks like in 1990, 1995, mm-hmm. because I lived it. Like, yeah, yeah. Anyway. But there were some problems. And that's yeah. I, I agree with you. And we'll, we'll, when we talk about what we like about it, you know, I, I, I agree. I, I like the fact she went to UNC. She's Tar Heel. And the historical and some of the historical parts of it are very accurate. And, mm-hmm. and I think that I feel like she's one of those that she's going to get better as a writer. I feel like there's a lot of potential. Um, I, I just struggled. Yeah, there were just there's a few things that I struggled with. I don't know. I think you guys should go hard with what you really think. That's fine. I'll no, be. No, no. I, I, I don't want you to shy away just because you I can go back liked through. it. I, so we'll provide those uh, opposing. I literally put a three, and then like two days later, I knocked it down to a two. Yeah. So so, so maybe maybe two point five ish because there is no. I hate the Goodreads doesn't have half stars. They should. I know. Um, but yeah, no. I, I I get where you're. I I feel like we're gonna agree on a lot, 
and then there's just gonna be a few points okay. where I'm like, sorry, uh, we're gonna get to your questions. I know that we agreed to do this that like last time, but I would, I am genuine. Like, how would you rate this um, compared to where the crawdads sing? Ooh, I still liked where the crawdads sing a little bit. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll discuss it later. <laughs> go, go, Angelique. Go. Let's 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 stick. Not to the, the movie. Movie was terrible. Uh, <laughs> so my rating, I started with the three, but then I finished it. And I was like between, because those last like 80, 100 pages. Yeah. I just didn't. Yeah. Or maybe it was just because of the length of time between reading. Um, But yeah, between a two and a three somewhere. Um, All right. First question. What was your first impression of Maddie Sykes? Did you like her? I thought she was going to be older. The fact that she was only 15, she's a kid. She is a child. Yeah. And I had to keep reminding myself of that. Because I was kind of annoyed with her. I was like, oh, she's 15 years old. Like, and once I, every time I remind myself of that, I'm like, oh, that's why she's acting this way. I get that 15 in 1946 is different than 15 today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get that. Like, I mean, Marcus's grandmother, oh, I probably shouldn't put her business out like that, but she was married at 16. Oh, like, yeah. No, no. That was my grandmother was married at 17. So, yeah. My, I, yeah. my grandmother was married at 18. Like, yeah. I know a great grandmother. I know that that is a normal thing and that was part of mm-hmm. it's different, but she's still 15. Yeah. She's made like two dresses the previous summer and she is put in charge of all of the dresses. Yeah. She's suddenly like an expert. Uh, that kind of bugged me. Mm-hmm. I also, know. she was just anno- – there were times where she was just annoying to me. But again, I think it was because she, they were trying to write her as a teenage girl. And and so teenagers are annoying. Yeah. And I don't mean that. We all were that age. It's 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 how they're You're processing things. They're learning things. They don't understand things and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so I didn't dislike Maddie. I just also every time, every time something would happen that was you know stressful, it would be like a three paragraphs about, and then she thought about her father, mm-hmm. and she thought about her mother and leaving her, and she thought about. And I'm like, but it was every time. It was like we get it. We know what she's going through. You don't have to keep hitting. And then again, I thought well, maybe that's the point of the 15 year old. They're obsessing over those things that they can't control and they don't know how to deal with them. I don't know. I'm just thinking. Sorry. I, no, 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 you look like you're responding to my face, and my face is thinking. And I'm trying to decide, <laughs> was the author trying to make <sighs> – Maddie obviously wasn't omniscient, but, like, the way the author was describing everything, like, she was taking a lot of effort to point out my big issue was the fact that they talked about tobacco on every single yeah. page, yeah. every single paragraph. It was uh, in the background. It was, on, you know, on the radio. It was – it was just everywhere. And I'm like, yes, tobacco is important. To that town. To the town. And it's t- it's North Carolina. Yeah, it's our history, yeah. But it was it, it, it was too much. It's like... It was like a non-smoking ad constantly. Yes, which was very frustrating because when you see something that every day, you don't talk about it like that. Like, we're around books all the time. Right. We do not, like... Live and breathe books. We're not like, ooh, listen to this book ad on the, you know, <laughs> radio. Not that that happens, but you know what I mean. So anyway, but Maddie, back to the question. She was okay. She yeah. was a young girl. I think she got. I think she. She was written to be the hero with no flaws. Yeah. Like she didn't mess up any of the dresses. Yeah, she Everything didn't have was a lot fantastic. Of... She didn't have a lot of character growth. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of all around nothing really exciting happened in this book. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or with, like to Maddie. So, yeah. What did you think of Maddie? I don't know. She was kind of there. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not really. So at first I thought that, you know, this book isn't young adult, but the more I read it and the more like we followed her, I was like, yeah, this is kind of like a young adult setup. I had the thought that kids in middle school need to be reading this book. Me too. Because of how much information yeah. the author was trying to put in the like sub like subtext yeah, yeah. of the book. Yeah. And it was like, I don't need this as an adult. Yeah. Yeah, but for, like, teens... Perfect. I think that's right. This should have been a young adult book. Yeah, but I think it wasn't because it's historical fiction, and maybe that's just not, like, And there were things like like loss of pregnancy. I mean, there was stuff that maybe... I mean, well, you can talk about that in young adult. You can, you can. I just... Maybe that's why they... they, Maybe that's why they thought maybe it was too mature or whatever. Or she thought it was too mature. I mean, I think she's... I think she's trying... Well, I think she had an interesting story that she wanted to tell, and I think it hits at an interesting time when vaping is kind of... Yeah. becoming the like a big thing a big thing it's like just t- tobacco reinventing itself or whatever right. so it's timely i guess in that Since. regard yeah. and we have removed ourselves so far from some of the effects of tobacco it is understandable that it's like wait guys hang on but i don't know i don't know i just keep thinking about when i was in high school and one of my one of my theater like classmates was in one of those truth commercials. <laughs> oh, okay. You guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, and, yeah. uh, and I heard that at one point, one of the reasons why the vape stuff is exploding is because they used to have those commercials on TV. Oh, that's funny. But now their kids are watching Netflix. Like they, some of them watch TV, but but they can't hit them as like they used to have on MTV. Like every other oh, commercial break, they were there, right? Yeah. Well, now kids are like on Netflix. There's no commercials, uh. and so they can't. They can't reach them the way that they used to, so they're having to like figure out how to do it on social media and stuff. But even then, there's some teens that aren't even on social media because they're tired of it. So it's like all those campaigns, the way that they used to, all those hard hitting, mm-hmm. you know, the people with like the breathing tube mm-hmm. things and yeah, stuff like that that yeah. would scare us. They can't hit this generation with those ads the way that they used to. And I don't know. Like I feel like the message needs to get out there, but they got to get a little bit more clever. Anyway, so I think <laughs> this, this this I understand why this is here. Like yes. I don't know. My kids aren't going to watch their grandpas die from emphysema like I watched mine. Like, yeah. I don't – I have that real-world experience, right. but my kids don't. My grandfather quit smoking cold turkey in 1976. That in 2014, so he died of lung cancer. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. Because it was already done. The damage was done. That is so upsetting. You know, I mean, that's just – that's – because he was – and even when he stopped – He's sitting mm-hmm. in a boardroom at BB&T and everyone's smoking. Mm-hmm. Everyone at the church is smoking. Everyone, you know, just because he and Mimi stopped didn't mean that the world, his, his mother-in-law, my grandmother, great-grandmother smoked till she, her dementia was so bad she forgot she smoked. You know, um, I didn't even realize that uh, the green monster that she talked about, mm-hmm. just being around the tobacco leaves, that mm-hmm. it would get in your skin like mm-hmm. that. I didn't realize that that happened. Again, because I think we're far we're far enough removed from the tobacco lifestyle. I could not have told you what a tobacco plant looks like. I mean, this is still the second biggest export in North Carolina because I looked it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like five hundred million dollars or something like that. Billion um, dollars. It's international, and uh, they, they smoke a lot internationally, uh, Europe and and uh, uh, East Asia. Okay, is where a lot of that stuff goes. So if you, a lot of people, it's a culture shock. Apparently, if you travel to like Tokyo or some of these big cities, and it's you know these, it's modernized. I mean, it Mm -hmm. it looks like the future, you know, compared to a lot of our cities. But everyone smokes. So it's it's weird that we're close. I'm close enough to know people personally who were definitely affected by the effects of tobacco, but I'm also far enough removed that I could not tell you what a tobacco plant looked like. We did not go on field trips to the tobacco plants like they Mm -hmm. did. Even, you know, you know, see, I was in the 90s in elementary school. So, like, in the 80s yeah. or 70s, like, they may have done. Mm-hmm. It's 
It's, I don't know. Anyway, you were talking about Maddie. <laughs> I've forgotten. Anyway. She was just kind of. Oh, it yeah. needs to be a middle, it needs yeah. to be like a, an, a school read. read. And I yeah. agree, this would be a good school read. Yeah. All right. Did you? I'm good. All right. So what did you think of the setting of this book? Like in Brightleaf, North Carolina, in the time period. I mean, I think she hit the nail on the head of the 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 layers of the wives and mm-hmm. the big houses and the smaller houses and you know the 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 layers of of society almost at that time and she was good with descriptions of things i mean it wasn't necessarily it was okay it felt yeah. like yeah that that's how those towns were that's how those people acted I, I i didn't have a problem necessarily with the setting this yeah the setting was fine i think it was a clever place to put it mm-hmm. You know, right before the studies and stuff would come out, mm-hmm. I like that there was a, I like that there was the link between, um, you know, women's rights, and I thought it was interesting that she chose to focus on the effects of tobacco on women mm-hmm. because it's about the tobacco wives as female character. I'm glad that she focused so much on that. Um, I think that was, I think it was a, I mean, it makes sense. It was appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think? I don't know. It wasn't. I didn't have a, a strong sense of place mm-hmm. when I was reading okay. it. You so, know what? Mine was sense memory because yeah. they would talk about the big plantation houses. And no, this was in Kentucky where my other side of the family grew tobacco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I found out my grand, great-grandparents grew or great-great-grandparents grew stuff. Didn't even know what the plant looked like. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but they had these massive white houses. Yeah. I understand. I can visualize a massive house. I can see that. I can see the farms and the town and the ladies and the dresses like. Even if you drive through seen. like Eastern North Carolina or Low Country South Carolina today, a lot of these little towns they still look like that. You have like the mm-hmm. big house or the one neighborhood where all the rich people live, and then you can see the poverty and you can see the different the, the different stratification stuff like that. A lot of them have not grown or, or changed a lot since the end of the tobacco era because their economy collapsed. And so, if you drive through there, you I, I pictured some of these towns that I've driven through, going back and forth like the beach and stuff. Honestly, I felt it was kind of similar to here before they started tearing down the mill houses. Yeah, here yeah. in Gaston County, there was a they briefly touched on the idea of textiles with uh, Cornelia and the mauve mm-hmm. um, yeah. dye, and I could see Gaston County and Gastonia and all the little tiny town. Like I can, I could see it here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So that's I true. don't think she did a good job of putting it in the book for someone say from like I don't know Idaho, right, right, <laughs> California. But as a North Carolinian, I didn't need that. Right. Okay. <laughs> um. Let's see. Were there any plot twists or subplots that you loved or hated? No, it was all kind of vanilla, like bland <laughs> to me. Honestly, I. <laughs> I felt like. <laughs> The whole workers' rights thing, they sort of mention it. She goes to the one reading, and then you get all the way to the end, and 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 Mitzi's going to go up there and make this big announcement, and it turns out it's for the women's rights, and there's this disappointment because you thought she was going to tackle the mom mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like that whole plot device was so that there could be a disappointment in Mitzi, or that that yeah. I don't feel like that. I didn't feel like that she explored that really truly Mm-mm. fully, and. I hated the ending. So for me, it was, I, I absolutely despised it. Because I'm like, what was the point of all this? And it was like, oh, for the women's workers' rights. I'm like, well, if you had explored that a little bit more, if that was the point, I, I don't know. I just felt like they threw that in just to have a plot twist at the end. I don't, without really fully, 
I loved the idea of it. I love the idea of we're going to talk about post World War II and the women because this is this is history. That is totally cool. Think about like a league of their own, right? Mm-hmm. We had these great women's be- baseball leagues, and then the second the men came back, it's like okay, get back in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. That part is accurate, and that mm-hmm. part is important. But it again, it didn't feel like they fully explored it, and then they made it such a big deal at the end. And I don't know, it just frustrated me. I was kind of annoyed they she didn't mention the Lori Mill strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I mean, wonder if she knew about it. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Do your research. <laughs> I know, like that really, especially the factories and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. That really does make sense. Because honestly, the reality is, is that after the low red mill strike, there was a lot. I mean, that in many ways killed organized labor across the South in a lot of these places. So in a lot of places, people decided not to because of the failures, you know, because of everything that happened at the low rate mill. So there is some missing history there a little bit. Anyway. That's my labor history course. Yeah. I kick it in there. It's like, well, you know, actually, there were a lot less in the South after that. But anyway, um. I didn't hate the ending. I thought um, that it would have been too ridiculous if she went in and there was the big reveal and they completely changed everything about how they handled the tobacco and how they talked to the wives and, you know, that instantly all of the babies are going to be saved. Like, I didn't necessarily want that. I just felt like it, there was that huge moment, and then nothing happened. And then 20 years, it's like, I, I don't know. I felt like that was a big point, and there needed to be some more after that. I can agree to that. Like That was my, I think that was it. They jumped to the 1990s where she suddenly could do something. Yeah. And it still was like, I wish they hadn't. I, I w- almost wish that if the the feeling was we just went through all this, there was this big personal change and feeling stuck like the social powers are too big and too grand. Like I almost, if that's the case, you know what? I kind of awful. But they didn't you know even what? explore that either. Like, like I said, it was like they threw yeah. in that plot device because they had to have something because they weren't going to tackle that. Because the reality was, it didn't happen overnight like mm-hmm. that. It took many, many years. I can handle all of that. It's just that then it was like, and then twenty years later, we're gonna fight. We're gonna do. There it. was no ex. There was nothing after that, and it just felt like it just. Right at the end for me. I, I hated it. I just, I was so disappointed. And I don't, anyway. Sorry. I kind of wish that after Mitzi had like disappointed her, she went to like the union leaders and told them, and they still like didn't come out with like the information. So it was like she a, went to other avenues. Yeah. And she kept, and then, and then they jumped, and it's yeah. like, I'm still fighting for this. That would have yeah. been, that would have been better. Oh, that would have played on the tension of we want to be good mothers, but we also want to be well, respected as workers. Yeah. It also would have given that big industry. plot yeah. point more resonance. Yeah. There would have been some more to that because Ooh. there was nothing even after even in the epilogue or whatever, they didn't talk about the women's rights movement. No. That was a plot device. And yeah. I'm like, but they could have done something with it without making it a hundred pages longer. You know, add twenty five pages, add a good chapter like you said and, and tie all of that together and it would have made so much time. yeah, you need to write this book. I like that so much. We need to be editors of these books, y'all. <laughs> well, we're not gonna your... write it, but we love to give you our opinion about yes, it. Yes, send us the advanced reader. James Patterson, call us before your next book. <laughs> Please do. I would like a just cut of that. Stop. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> Uh, we are so gonna get like a cease and desist letter at some point. Stop stop being mean to James Patterson. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um so what were your favorite or least favorite moments in this book? Or like your favorite or least favorite characters, if you want to do that instead. Oh, I had a character that I really liked. I liked Ashley. I loved Ashley. Yeah. yeah. She's good. And I loved Cornelia. Those I liked Cornelia favorites. too. Uh those are my two favorites as well. 
they were empowered women without it being a stereotype of empowered mm-hmm. women. Yeah. They were just they 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 were just powerful women and and they they knew how to work it that system to try to fight and they knew their limitations and they felt real that mm-hmm. those characters actually felt real because you know how, like with Maddie you said oh she's the perfect these women were not painted as perfect mm-hmm. neither Ashley nor Cornelia in fact Cornelia in particularly you're not supposed to like her mm-hmm. you know because oh, she's ornery and she's she she's brusque and she's this and she's that. But that's because she's human, but she's still a really cool person underneath all that. So I actually felt like those are two. I think the reason I liked them is because they were the two best written characters of the mm-hmm. bunch. I agree. I like them a lot. One thing that I wish that um, Adele Myers had done in the book uh, a little differently was remember we talked about how tobacco was everywhere, but we also talked about like, or we haven't talked about like, the 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 tobacco wives and that socialite uh, what is show, so, women socialites social, yeah, so, yeah. socialites socialites yeah. the word we haven't really talked like it was so in your face and I think there is a subtlety to Southern culture that mm-hmm. was kind of missed mm-hmm. and I wish that she had toned it down a little bit and it made the the big beautiful gala one like that that's the obvious thing that's going on and I wish there had been it had been a little bit more secretive about the cigarettes like I almost wish that Mitzi had found out earlier about the cigarettes Mm -hmm. and been having to wrestle with that because also you're smoking cigarettes there's an addiction factor like you're gonna still I don't know like there's there was no in there was no real struggle that we got to see anyway I think it could have been a really good juxtaposition of the like really flashy wealthy life that tobacco has provided and then the seedy underbelly that happens and southern culture is so perfect to be able to embody that i think that was kind of a miss and also too like you talk about the subtlety of it we all know who's the top wife Mm -hmm. in that society Mm -hmm. you don't have to say it like you don't like and i get she's having to describe it because you're trying to introduce this person but again you talk there's a subtlety there of the way that, that these women talk about it it's like well you know mitzi's the top dog that's not how they it's just, Mm-mm. you just know it. You just know it. You just know it. You know not to cross Cornelia. Mm-hmm. You know not to do these things. And there's a subtlety to it. And and that's another character. So I liked the subtlety of, of the aunt and Francis. Yeah. And their relationship. Because yeah. it was kind of like. beautifully done. Yeah, yeah. In contrast to the absolute lack of subtlety with Anthony. Uh-huh. Yes. Where he was a stereotype. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so you hit the nail on the head of, there's that little quick comment, they're good friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She happened to be in the basement right. when, uh, or that lower level. Yeah. When it, the, what's her face arrived? Maddie arrived. And then um, the the whole doctor using that against her. Mm-hmm. I could totally see that happening. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Minorities are, uh, any sort of minority group are considered, when they're useful, we just keep it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. But if she's no longer sewing the dresses and you're going to bring down this empire, I'm bringing all of you down. I could totally believe that. Yeah. That's believable. I liked Anthony, and it turns out Anthony's a great guy, and they end up going into business. They end up being friends and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. He was she overdid it to make him a stereotype. She made him the way she wrote him sometimes made me feel like she was gonna make him betray Maddie. I thought yes. so too. I was ready for it. Like was he like, was really passive aggressive in a way, like always saying something to make it seem like he was bitter. Mm-hmm. And but then she never like she, he kind of. I feel like he kind of disappeared a little bit. Yeah. Towards the end of the book. And then with Mitzi, I get the feeling we were supposed to like like her, but she kind of, the way she wanted Maddie to call her Mimi after knowing knowing her for a few weeks, and I was mm-hmm. like, that's, that makes me uncomfortable. That's mm-hmm. weird. Well, it made I her think, uncomfortable. Yeah. I think the idea there was to try to be like, because she's lost children, she, David was like the child she never yeah. had. Maddie was like the child she never had, but they never quite 
I guess you were just supposed to infer that along the way that you like. Yeah, I got it, but I don't know something about the way she um just mm, it made her seem like she was like a horror movie character that was going to turn on her. <laughs> like she was going to lure her in with all this stuff, Love and then her. like she when did she doesn't, kind of, yeah, she did kind of turn on her. I yeah. mean, in in a, in a subtle way of not really, you know, acting like she was going to do something about it, and then really not doing anything yeah. about it, and and again. Had they explored just a little bit more of the aftermath of that, of I can't change this, it will bring down everything, you know, the workers, it would have made more sense, but it did kind of seem like she portrayed It just her. made me not surprised when she did. Oh, I yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and there was, uh, what, there was uh, one of my least favorite moments, and it's probably very, like, just a pet peeve. The way Maddie revealed herself to have, like, to Dr. Hill about that she had that memo. <laughs> I didn't read it twice. I was like, did that just happen? Yeah. I'm like, that's... Oh, I have it right here. Like, It just feels really lazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess it's just because she's a 15-year-old girl. Also, yeah. I, I um, no offense, but if you're going to have a lump interest, there was... David was the most boring. Yes. Okay. So I'm like, there's nothing I'm about him that I'm was gonna, like swoony, and I don't like. So I'm gonna admit to it something. He was nice to her and didn't treat her like yeah. trash. Swoon. Yeah. So there's this part. Married. There's this part where she says, "You're really something, David Taylor," and I gagged. <laughs> it's like the it's like, climb on stupid. spider monkey of yeah. that book. It's You're really like... something, David Taylor. No. But that's it. That's like the only description we get of him is he's a real something. <laughs> he's some pig. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. I don't know how you jump from that to we're in love forever. Like, yeah, if you're going to add that plot twist, make him interesting. So that... She was so resistant at first, too. I know. And then all of a sudden, it was like all of a sudden. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, he was, so there was nothing wrong with him, but again, he was like a lot of the parts, there was just nothing that was vanilla. He was a love interest, and that's like it. Yeah. yeah but even, I don't know. Yeah. On one hand, I, I was, I think. He was the only person introduced in the book. <laughs> I, it would have been nice if she jumped forward the four, 30, 40, 50 like years, 45? 40, yeah, something like that. 44 years. years. I can do math. Um, <laughs> we and cannot. she'd be married so to someone can. else and Mitzi appear out of nowhere. That would be good. And it'd just be like, oh, hey, lady yeah. who betrayed me. And yeah, I had a lot of trouble with the timeline of this book. I, like, So I don't know if I just wasn't reading closely enough. And that's entirely possible because I... I fade out sometimes. And so there's like one point where Maddie says, well, it's been two weeks. I'm like, it's been two weeks? She messed up because she um, prior to that, she had said she had been there for almost a month. Uh, and um, that was before she had been there for two weeks. There, There is a timeline issue. Yeah. No, I'm thinking about like it's been two. I thought it had only been like a few days. <laughs> well, it's because that's how the, she writes it. It's like yeah. she didn't write the passage of time. Yeah. Also, um, and it just made me think of something. So you know how like there's the joke about um where the crawdad scene where it's like Asheville and the coast are like five yeah, they, feet from each other. They just yeah. It she was in Winston not. at Baptist, Ho- Baptist Hospital, but it made it seem like they were in Eastern North Carolina. Yeah, I thought that they were in be... Durham. But even then, that's like a Durham and Winston aren't that far apart. They're like an hour and a half hour. Well, maybe it's Winston, like their last name. Maybe it's not like Winston Salem. But then they said Baptist Hospital, which is Wake Forest in Winston Salem. Wake Forest is not that far from Durham. Brightleaf is in that area. Okay. So it wasn't eastern North Carolina. See, that's the problem I had. I had no idea, really, I, I geographically. Go- where I Googled this it. Was. I was curious but if yeah. Brightleaf was a place, and it's, 
I, I could not find Brightleaf, the city, North Carolina. Yeah. I could be wrong. But uh, there is a Brightleaf section of yeah. um, Durham okay, okay. that talks about um, still, the tobacco and stuff. It made it seem stuff. like that it was like a hop. It still is like a good like 45 minutes to an mm. hour between the triad and the triangle. And they made it seem like she just like skipped and jumped over there. That is true. and But, she, I mean, she went to UNC. The author went to UNC. You'd think she addressed that. I know. That's my point. <laughs> <laughs> like, you probably have driven, like, I for four years, drove through the triad and mm-hmm. then drove drove to Durham. And it's it's probably, if there's traffic, and this was before I-85, so it probably would have been, yeah. like, two hours. Uh, anyway. Now I'm curious. Not quite Let's as, Google it. Not quite as bad as Asheville and the coast being like five feet apart, but it's-, it's Okay, that is ridiculous. That I, ridiculous. I have a huge issue with that. And because Delia Owens, I feel like- She's from she, South Africa, isn't she? Or she lived in South she, Africa. They lived in, she lived in Africa. I don't think she's from there. Um, but she she wrote, her writing style was prettier. Like the word of crawdad sing, I thought it was prettier, but- I thought she was not. She didn't write like she knew anything about North Carolina. So can I can I say what's something? it called? Winston? What? Yes, you can say something. So there's this uh, technique that Myers used when she was like giving information. She would do like a couple lines of dialogue and then a paragraph of what somebody said to Maddie, just describing it, mm-hmm. and then go back into dialogue. Hour and thirty nine minutes. Dang, you're right. Okay, I can see on eighty five. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, and that didn't exist because I did. I did notice that she went to she went to Durham via Monroe, is what she said. Oh, that makes no sense. That makes no sense. And I was like, but sixty four would have been. I mean, because I would like forty wasn't in, in existence until no. the fifties because I looked that up. Okay, I'm sorry. Angelique was having a very valid point, <laughs> and we were still stuck in our directions. I apologize. So she'd do that dialogue, description, dialogue thing. And uh-huh. I feel like it could have all been dialogue half the time. Yes! And it bugged me. She did it constantly. Yes! It's so much more interesting if it just been dialogue. Yeah, just say it. Have them say it to her. That's <laughs> part of what gave Maddie that, like, really old feeling. Yeah. That I'm not, Like, there was no discovery with Maddie. Yeah. It was like, oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I know best. Well, I'm going to save everything. That like, was... What 15-year-old can read, like, medical jargon in a letter yeah. and realize that it's harmful to babies, then hear every adult in her life tell her, no, it's not harmful to babies, and then still have the opinion that it's harmful to babies? Like, yeah. do y'all remember that scene where she just gives Mitzi a cigarette after she's found that out? <laughs> like, no hesitation. She just hands it to her. Well, then didn't she kept. I mean, because I guess that's the addiction coming through. But she's like, I can really no, use it a was, cigarette. No, it was it was Maddie. No, no, but I'm saying Maddie would make these comments about like, oh, I could use a cigarette right now. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be talk about the addiction of it. And then all of a sudden, she's like, nope, I'm not doing it anymore. Doing it. That's not how that works. I know. People try to quit for years. There's patches and programs, and you know, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, see, the more I thought about it, the less I liked it. Like when I first just like finished it, I was like, okay, cool. And then and then it's like I start there's a, a there are a lot of little issues. Yeah, there's not a big issue. There's just a lot of little up. issues. You know what I feel like? I feel like this book was not written for me. I feel like this book <laughs> was written for book clubs in North Carolina. Yeah. We're reading it for book club. <laughs> yeah. By the way, yeah. I think your ladies are going to eat it up. Oh, they will. Yeah, they'll like it. So, Carol, Pam, I'm sorry. Don't listen to this before you read. <laughs> we should put that. I don't want to. Could have put that at the beginning. We should have. I don't want you all to uh, to to get you know disappointed. I don't know. I liked it. I I I would. It's still better than where the crawdads sing for me. It's Fair still. Enough. I haven't read that. And I'm okay that you liked it better. I, I didn't just, particularly like it. That's not. I, yeah. I, I didn't particularly like either of them. Um, there are parts. I felt like 
there were parts of where the crowd had seen where some of these writing issues were mm-hmm. a lot better. That's why I said Delia Owens, I think, was a better writer. Right. Um, and, and that's why I said in overall. She'll it, improve. I still had a lot of issues. The whole like she went and then she came back and then she mur- like I'm sorry anyway, anyway it, it's, did <laughs> we you don't want to dive end? into that. Did you read the end like after like the author's note where a, like someone in, like a professor or someone in college was like this shouldn't be a short story it should be yeah. a long novel yeah, I kind of yeah. wish I would have stated as a short story. <laughs> I'm gonna sound really mean for a second. Oh, <laughs> just for a second. Let's go. There's this because we've been so kind up to I this know, point. I really hope she doesn't listen to this. Well, no. What I want to tell her is I think there's a lot of potential and I think that that I'd like to see her keep. Like, yeah, she should definitely keep writing. Right, right, right. and I'm writing. totally supportive of Go Tar Heel. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and and so I I think that she's just. I think her editor did her some disservice. Too. Yeah, I think that's maybe the editor true. was the one. Like, maybe you shouldn't have so much dialogue here. Just describe it, but that's wrong. No, don't do that. Right, undo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there's this part where she's talking about the advertisement, and she's like, I drew upon my experience in the field to develop Mr. Winston's plan, including techniques like credentialing, target audience insights, and attribution of health benefits to ingredients versus the final product. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that sounds really obvious, though. Like, a really obvious marketing strategy that people would just come up with. It just sounded... Like, like no she was duh. supposed to be an expert. Yeah. But it's like, well, it's that's like, how yeah. everyone. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's just marketing. Well, maybe she did it so well. It was like so easy for you guys. Well, I mean, I mean they did love the mom mints. So, nine you know. out of ten dentists would agree, I think. <laughs> uh, I always want to know who that tenth dentist is or that fifth dentist is. That's a really She's good She's not point. a joiner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'll skip that one. We'll skip that one. Oh, now I want to know what they are. Well, I was just going to ask what y'all thought about how she kind of, like, advanced research by, like, 20 years to write this book in this time period. But Oh, yeah. I don't know the answer to that. Keep going. <laughs> uh, we talked smart. To... Oh, we cannot answer that intelligently. So. <laughs> so. Uh, how do you feel about the ending? Well, we already talked about that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, okay. Well, who would you cast in the movie or this book? All I kept thinking about was Bryce Dallas Howard and the help. So, or Jessica Chastain. <laughs> I did think of good. Jessica Chastain for Mitzi. Yeah. Because um, remember, mm-hmm. she had the, the pregnancy issues. I know. That was very triggering. <laughs> yeah. I was, but I was like, oh, wait. But she's yeah, already that, played this role. I was like, I've seen this scene. I think the problem you're right, though, is that, like, with David, it could be any, it could be the people they cast and where the crowd had seen it. No one knows their names. Like, mm-hmm. it could just be the same. <laughs> It could be any nameless, faceless, nice looking. Yeah. Young like a Hallmark actor. movie cast. Yeah. Or it could be a blockbuster A list cast, I feel like. And maybe that would make it better. I think this is written to be a screenplay because all of the stuff that was like in your face would have yeah. just been really nice subtly. Like if in the background while they're eating breakfast and the parent goes to turn off the radio and it was a mom- moment's. Uh, ad mm-hmm. or like you like she's picking up all of her magazines or whatever and then something's there like it, it, I don't know the 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 bathtub scene where she was still dirty like from all the tobacco like yeah. I didn't need a comment about it yeah. I just needed her anyway you're right there's some visuals that would be would work better that yeah I think it would have improved yeah because yeah. I really can't. And, like, I'm thinking of Cornelia, and I keep thinking, like, Maggie Smith. I'm like, okay, she's not British, and her, God love her, but no more Southern accents, okay? <laughs> We've all seen Divine Yaya, okay? It's Divine Secrets of Yaya Sisterhood, and that accent's a lot. It is so much, but I love that movie. I love that movie, by the way. Yeah, I do, I do. But I just, I had trouble picturing, and this is, you know, normally I'm like, oh, I thought so-and-so, I thought so-and-so. I don't know, I had trouble picturing. I couldn't picture anyone. Anyone. Honestly. 
And again, I think yeah. you're right. I think with Jessica Chastain or Bright, it's because she's already played that character. <laughs> you know, she's she's played yeah. the wife of the you know whatever who had the miscarriage. It's like okay, so and she's good at it. I love Jess. That's not a slight. I love Jessica mm-hmm. Chastain, but it's just like it's not unique. <laughs> it should be a mini series on Amazon Prime, and they could. Film it in North Carolina and Wellington and the yeah. Durham Raleigh area. I yeah. think that would work. I did think it's like Sadie Sink for Maddie. That'd been good. Oh, with the red that'd hair. be cute. Yeah. Yeah. I say that cute, but I'm actually think she can like bring a little bit of substance to the. Yeah. I was about to say she's almost character. She, she's a very strong young woman and a very strong actress. She she might it might be hard for her to. I mean, she's a great actress, but. She's gonna portray. She she she's gonna come off as a stronger presence on screen than Maddie did in the book. Yeah, I don't know. Which is maybe Maddie, a good thing. Maybe we need that. Maddie was so forward thinking in every aspect. There was no flaw. That's my big issue with Maddie is there was no like humanizing. She's still fifteen. Flaw. Yeah. Yeah. Like she proposed pants to Cornelia. I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah, that sounds nice, but honestly, I don't think. I don't know. I have a hard Glenn time Close. believing. Glenn Close. Wow. That's Cornelia. <laughs> Because I'm now picturing her in a pantsuit. <laughs> that mauve, mauve pantsuit. pantsuit. <laughs> she would look fantastic in a mauve pantsuit. Yeah, she would. <laughs> With that short hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she should wear that to the Oscars. <laughs> we should call her publicist. We should. I like it. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis always wears like good pantsuits. She does. Yeah. But Jamie Lee Curtis, I think I would put her as Etta. Before I would put yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, See, I pictured Edda as like Kathy Bakes. I don't know why. <laughs> Just a bigger <laughs> woman. <laughs> I found Edda to be somewhat dislikable. I know. She was. She... <laughs> I was. I wanted to like her so much because Maddie loved her so much. Yeah. But I just didn't. Okay, so now because we talked about Yaya, I'm thinking of Ashley Judd as the mother. Oh, yeah, who just dips out. Right. Yeah. That could be just because she kind of okay, has that sure. moment where she... <laughs> Have a good time. <laughs> She'd be good at that. Yeah. I like it. I like it. That's not slight. Yeah. No, I like it. That's like the it. other thing. That mom story, like, yeah. she never called. She never got... And then all of a sudden, at the end there's of the book, she lives nearby. <laughs> well, there's that one moment where she's like, oh, yeah, my mom sent me a letter or a postcard. And then the it, she moves on. Yeah. It's like, so it's fine now, I guess. Oh my god! But, but like that, there was no develop. There was no, and then all of a sudden, like yeah, she and her husband live close. We're cool. I mean, I'm glad they worked it out. That's great. But but that yeah. was a huge yeah plot point. <laughs> like it it it, and it just. She yeah. also at some point she mentioned her father so much at the beginning, and then at the last like hundred pages, you never heard about him again. So it's like, yeah. again, that was something to try to build the character, but then you didn't follow through. With I didn't it. really like the contrast between the mom and the dad, honestly. Uh, they all they 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 made. I mean, I guess that sometimes can happen. Yeah, if you lose a parent, that that parent becomes the saint. Well, and no, the other even one, before like, he, like even he's alive. He left. Had, uh, yeah. But yeah. what what I'm saying is like we only met him in memory. Yeah, that's, that's true, true. That's true. That's true. And so and the mother was in grief, and so and yeah. she was just devastated. Yeah. yeah. And it was clear, I think, to me that she married her husband for love, mm-hmm. and that. You know, she would talk about how her mom would, like, wake her up and they would eat ice cream in the bathtub or whatever it was. Like, they had moments, but it was really the dad that, you know, centered their family. But I think, and that's why I hate that they didn't explore it further, because I actually did like that, you know, the idea of she can't handle it anymore. Mm -hmm. Now, she says to her, I have to go find a husband. I don't even think it was that. I think that was what she told her daughter. You could tell that it was, I am too much in grief to raise this kid right now. And that's, that I totally understand. 
And I felt like that worked. And so you, you, when, when you start it, you're like, okay, I'm into this. This is what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then she's done. And yeah. then you don't ever hear about her. And it's like, again, it was something where you had something there that could have been interesting, like the organization of women's rights or workers' rights. But it, it was a plot device. It was a plot device that didn't fully get explored. If this had been like more of, I don't want to say slice of life, but more like a longer timeline within mm-hmm. like that summer where her mom kind of like dips in and out. Yeah. That would be good. Like she keeps reabandoning her kind of thing. Gosh, yes. Yeah. And then she has, and then Maddie also has to deal with knowing this information and um, seeing what like being in a tobacco town actually does to people kind of thing. So one of the things that the synopsis said was that she learned some information and that she had to then like decide if she was going to tell the big wigs or whatever. It made it seem like she was going to get some resistance, but every single adult she told with the exception of Dr. Hale said, tell them, tell everyone, tell, 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 get this information out. And I don't think that would happen. Right. No. And clearly... It didn't get mm. out. I mean, mm. it, it got swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. And again, that could have been after that big moment where Mitzi disappoints her. Like she goes, that would have made yeah. a huge difference in mm-hmm. the whole ending of that book to say, I, I got there, I got there, and I couldn't beat the system. Ah. But you know what? Then we skip ahead 40 years. I'm still fighting. I'm not yeah. giving up. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I, I We're, we're going to win. And you know where that history goes. You do know that that they they won these lawsuits and and that these regulations did all those things happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's just again it's it's I, I, I hate that ending. <laughs> <laughs> I had so many, and the more I talk about, it, the more problems I find with it. And I, I hate to say that, but it's just. I, I think just... one thing I think she did do well was she made Doctor Hale very disagreeable, and I'm reading that and. Like reading about like uh the scene where you know they're in the doctor's office and he's threatening her uh Maddie or whatever. No, it wasn't that scene. What scene was it? It was oh. he tur- uh, the doctor Hale at some time turns to Mitzi and was like, "You shouldn't be at work because your hormones. You are so delicate. Mm. You need to go lay down." And I wanted to just like I don't know. Rip his arms off. <laughs> like, and, and I also believed the whole, like, his older brother died. He was the golden child. Mm-hmm. And so he's, all this campaign, all these things is to make him famous, to make a big name. Maybe, you know, to, to, to try to, that, that I, I could you know totally get that. You know what moment I wish was in there? I wish the moment where Cornelia, like, yes. found out and came down on her son, like, put him in place. I would have... <sighs> Or Glenn Close just ripping him. <laughs> yeah. Or even she tries to and fails because even as strong as Cornelia is, it still comes down to the man yeah. in 1946. Yeah. I would have preferred either of that. I, I, I wish that that was that had. And happened. even if that, so if that had happened in the Mitzi, all everything that happened, there still would have been that yes mm-hmm. moment. There was never that moment, mm-hmm. and I feel like you you need that. You need you need that kind of moment. I don't know. Yeah, because it was bland. Otherwise, there wasn't. There wasn't. I mean, the climax was uh, the, the peak of the story was like wah wah wah. Mm-hmm. I mean that, <laughs> which was supposed to be. It was supposed to be this huge disappointment. But I, I don't know. You're right. I would have loved that scene. Why do you guys think she made Mr. Winston have polio? Is he based off of a real character? Maybe I don't. He could I do, be. Kind of don't enjoy the way she treated his character. Like the way she would. It just felt very 
ableist. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit discriminatory. Or I don't mind was... that somebody with polio was the bad guy. That doesn't bother me. But like the way like But it did feel like it was like him. Oh, he has polio, you should try to like him, but really he's evil. I just I don't know, something yeah, you're right. There it was just... just something incredibly dislikable. I mean, maybe it was because it was more of his character than it should have been. Maybe. Because he didn't really have much of a character. Yeah, otherwise. he was like uh, um, just an overbearing husband. Mm-hmm. And he had this disability. And that's about. If you think about it, there's like one scene where you get any sort of characterization when they're having like lunch or something. Yeah. There's very uh, there's no there's no other characterization of him except for the description of him dealing with his disability. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Yeah. It was like, again, there was, it was a it was a underdeveloped character. Hmm. So maybe she thought if I give him polio, that gives him something distinctive. And it's like a sign of the times as well. Yeah. Maybe. So. It does help with placement. I yeah. didn't think about that. But I also didn't know like if Mr. Winston was based on a real guy. or It could have been. Yeah. It could have been. Well, I'll have to look it up for another time. When you guys do book club, let me know. <laughs> Those, my, my book club ladies, they, will, they did their research on this, this Russian sniper. That's that was fine. in the last one. Yeah, they they did their part. So I, I'm sure one of them will, uh, if you're listening, between now and the, <laughs> the end of next <laughs> month, someone find it for me. Okay, let's, we've already talked to who we recommend it to. I mean, we both said like young adult book clubs, mm-hmm. um, specifically like freshmen or older middle school students, maybe as like an introduction to North Carolina history. That's what I said. Yeah. And did you have any like disagreement with that? No, right. no, I agree with you. The, the book clubs in North Carolina, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, um and if you don't know a lot about even adults, if you don't know a lot about this history, you do get some of that part. You do get a lot of that. I actually think the majority of our contemporary fiction readers would like this if they especially if they just consume things in mass. Yeah, this is going to be an enjoyable read for them. If you're looking for interest, super intricate, interesting settings, characters, <laughs> things, uh, plots, conversation. It's not really your book. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like that Diamond Die was like 415 pages. It was a lot more. In- but you got to get through 415 pages versus 300 pages in order to get a lot more depth in that. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to slog through some thick historical fiction books. Yeah. This I and mean, this this book also did make me call my dad and my mom and like get some of the family history and like what they did with the tobacco and stuff like that. And that I will say I did think about that too. So my. My dad's p- dad was uh, from Whiteville, North Carolina, which is yeah. right in the thick. And they owned a store called Pierce's, which actually still exists. We no longer own it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were like the store owners in the town that was built by those industries in Eastern North Carolina. So you're right. There is a lot of cool history there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that part, I definitely think, is is worth, especially if you don't know anything about any of it. This is a good introduction. So she even talks, the author talks about going back and realizing how much her family was involved in tobacco. And I feel like... For me, it was an interesting, like, connection to go back and, like, I never really knew what my Pawpaw Bruce did in tobacco, but to find out for 40 years he was the ticket marker on, um, like, I always knew that, but it was never, like, explained to me. So, like, the ticket marker is the person who is um, working with the auctioneer, Mm -hmm. which is what uh, Ashley Ashley did, did, Um, and he's the one who is watching all the, like, hand signals and who's buying what so he knows who the buyer is the auctioneer who knows and then the ticket marker they she even referenced that in the book that mm-hmm. was my Paul Bruce oh, cool. and then like getting a visual of like what he would like like the long palettes 
uh, or like the pallets and long lines of tobacco. Like after one auction, he would take what didn't sell and like rearrange it, put it back out for another. They would have multiple auctions a day, like hundreds of them. And it just gave me a little bit more insight into like his, I don't know, day to day. Yeah. I appreciated that conversation that I would never have had had I not read this book. Anyway. And I will say, you can tell that she does care about, like, she she does understand the history. Mm-hmm. Even if there were some writing issues, there there is clearly some passion into this. I feel like writing issues makes it sound like it's a lot worse than it is. It's still, no, no, like, good, interesting, writing. but it's, yeah, subtle it's not writing like, issues. Uh, it's, what's the one that we read? The noise. It's not like the, the noise where it's, like. so horrible that there's no redemption. No, I <laughs> yeah. agree. So, I don't know. But, but I'm saying, you, you definitely could tell this was something that meant something to her. Yes. And that, that, that does make, that's why it's a two, 2.53 versus a negative four, like the next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, let's, let's close it up. All right. To close out the episode, I would like to promote one of the library's best resources, NC Live. NC Live provides access to an online collection of 1.6 billion full-text articles, ebooks, streaming videos, digitized newspapers, language learning tools, and more. You can access NC Live through the library website, gastonlibrary.org, or through nclive.org. All you need is your library card number. So if you want to do some research on the history of the tobacco industry in North Carolina, NC Live is a great place to start. All right, that's it for this episode of We're Booked Up. The Tobacco Wives by Adele Myers is available at the library and through the NC Digital Library with the Libby app. Let us know what you think of the book and what you think of what we think of the book. Just leave a comment at the -the off-the-shelf blog at gastonlibrary.blogspot.com or at gastonspeaks.podbean.com. Next episode's book will be Kindred by Octavia Butler. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Thanks, guys. guys.